The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world that challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us on Courageous Christianity, a radio show and podcast about real faith for the real world. I'm Richard Mendelo, and as always, I'm joined by and so grateful for my wedded wingman, Christy Mendelo. And I'm very happy to be here. Happy Labor Day to everyone. Happy Labor Day. Friends, it's Labor Day weekend. God bless America. I so enjoy our holidays. I moved to the United States uh, just before July 4th, 1976, and I have always loved things American. To see Americans enjoying the blessings of this nation has always stirred my soul. And now, to be an American and to have served this nation as a Marine officer in peacetime and in war, such an honor. I think I remember 1976. I might be telling myself a story that I remember it, but I think I do. We were still living abroad, uh, but we came back that summer, and I think that was like the bicentennial or something. Exactly in 19. right. And so I have these pictures of, you know, maybe it was 4th of July, but parades and, you know, red, white, and blue, and yep. just really total Americana. And then we moved back to the States in 1977. So, yeah, it's really a special time. Yeah, I remember the Burger King ad campaign with Leroy Neiman and those really cool Olympic posters. Uh, I read online that Labor Day holiday has its roots in the late 1800s when labor activists pushed for a federal holiday to celebrate the many contributions workers have made to America's strength, prosperity, and well-being. And nothing could be more true, and what comes to my mind is that America won World War II, defeating evil on the battlefields of Europe and Asia, partly on those battlefields and also by sacrificing at home and outproducing all of our enemies. It was the production might of the United States mobilized that uh, supported uh, the men and women who fought abroad and put an end to that evil chapter of world history. So... Having worked since I was 10, mowing yards, cleaning pools, at one point I worked as an x-ray technician, I worked as a busboy in college, Um, a Marine, a pilot, I worked as a carpenter when the airline industry was moving backwards and now as a radio show host, I believe that to have work is such a gift. Yeah, you and I, that's something you and I also share that's similar. I uh, was mowing lawns on a John Deere tractor when I was eight. I didn't have a tractor. I had a push mower. (laughs) Uh, You were spoiled. So the Bible says this about work. It says there is nothing better for a person than to eat, drink, and enjoy his work. I have seen that even this is from God's hand. So work is a gift from God. It makes food taste better. It makes drink more refreshing, and it's good for our souls. And if you listen to the show regularly, you know I love to quote Thomas Paine, When he said in 1776, 
What we obtain too cheaply, we esteem too lightly. It is dearness only that gives everything its value. Heaven knows how to put a proper price upon its goods. And so to me, this means that when we work for something, it has greater value and it's more dear to us. This applies to working to buy a car or to own a home, and it applies to our relationship with God. When we put heartfelt effort into something, it has greater worth, and the harder we worked for it, the more it pleases us. And so we're going to talk about all of these things today as we celebrate American workers all over this nation and also workers all over the world, remembering that to work is a gift from God. Before we start, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we pray today for those who work hard to contribute to the world around them and to serve you. We pray that those who need work would receive the gift of work. We pray that those who work do so with joy, whatever it is that they do, knowing that hard work is its own reward. And we pray for rest this weekend and for the opportunity to enjoy the fruits of our labor. May all we say and do be glorifying unto you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So, uh, a lot of things to talk about in work. There's the biblical perspective of work, uh, which I think is where the conversation should begin. There's the work-life balance that is often very difficult to navigate, especially as teams of advertisers and marketers try to separate us from our very last dollar. (laughs) And we've got to constantly fight them off to have something left to give to uh, God, to give to our families And I think these are incredibly difficult times for, quote, the American worker. Yeah, I think that's very real when you were speaking. um, You know, it's kind of like we don't really have work uh, in our minds and our hearts, um, maybe the way that God would have that for us. Meaning, and what came to mind was the words that sometimes come out of my own mouth is, I have to, I have to go do this thing, i.e. work. Um, I I have to go teach or I have to go speak. Whereas if we had it in our mind's eye and our heart, right, as God would have it, is would be, I would get to. I think that's a beautiful sentiment and it's worth clarifying if I hear you correctly, the difference is between I have to and I get to. Right. And I mean, the gift that you're talking about in work and uh, we, I think we often look at it as this toil and trouble and, you know, I've even heard people talking about like, I get to make my bed, right? The opportunities that we have to do work that to produce something um, but versus living in the place of have to, not it being a gift. I, I think that's a fantastic point. Uh, I got to put myself on report. Uh, I'm about to, I'm at the airport. I'm about to, uh, we're briefing in one of the flight planning rooms to fly. Uh, I forget where, I think maybe it was Frankfurt. It's fixing to be a long flight and... Uh, I was in a bit of a complaining mood, and uh, that's not normally where I want to be. I want to be in a grateful place, but there's a joke uh, that pilots complain a lot, and apparently on this day it was true. And after doing a little bit of complaining, now uh, we're all uh, 
the crew, the pilots are walking to the gate. And with this complaining still fresh in my mind, I'm walking along the corridor, uh, even with a janitor who is pushing a large um, trash bin, one of those large gray trash bins. Got it. And here I am complaining about uh, this truly blessed life. Yeah. Uh, as a pilot, fly these big airplanes, tons of responsibility, well-paid, uh, healthy, thank you, God, that I get to do this, that I get to, not have to. Mm-hmm. And truly, I've been a lot of places on Earth, and a lot of them have been pretty hard. So I am, I know the difference between hard and what I'm doing at that moment, and what I'm doing at that moment is not hard. And here I'm walking next to this man pushing this uh, uh rubbish bin. I don't know how you say it. And he's got light shining out of him. He's kind of whistling. He's kind of greeting everybody along the corridor, all these passengers, and he's doing his thing. And I felt so ashamed that here I was taking it all for granted in a have-to place. And there he is in this get-to place. Yeah. If you think about... um so many people who have come to this nation, they've come here because uh, they they get to work, right? Because whereas in their countries, they um, may yeah. not even have the possibility of one working or making near the wages that they would here. And so I think it's, you know, like all things, we have to get our mindset right. We have to look, we often talk about the lenses here on this show and Put the right glasses on, right? And look yeah. at it properly. And sometimes the fact of the matter is we just get tired. We're It's a very busy world. We're doing a lot of things. We have so many inputs from social media to the media. And, you know, it's just, I mean, I, I honestly don't know if I didn't have the compass of my faith and God's word, how I would even get through this world. <laughs> yeah. And so the reason why I bring up that story right off the bat is to just be honest about the fact that it's no easier for me to stay sunny side up. It's no easier for me to um, be in the right heart set and the right mindset, looking through the right uh, lens at the world, Mm. uh, a scriptural lens, a biblical lens, a grateful lens. And Mm. it takes intention and sometimes we fall down, and then we have to have the integrity to say, am I being the guy that Jesus wants me to be right now? And then say in the forgiveness of his love, no, I'm not. Um, the sooner you know you're wrong, the sooner you can get right. I'm not going to sit there and pretend that being ungrateful and complaining is right. What I'd rather do is just get right. Well, I've heard that if you are looking through a grateful lens, so to speak, as we're talking about that, is you you can't also have a negative lens at the same time. And so it's it's really about choosing, um, being aware of the situation you're you're in, like you're saying, being honest, having the integrity to say, "Wait a second, I'm, I'm I don't have the right glasses on here." And yeah. so, but when we do choose to put those grateful glasses on. We don't see that we, we're, we're looking at the positive side of things, and it's 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 hard. So um, there I am, 
one of the complainers setting an example for the other guys I'm flying with of complaining. And what I noticed is on other occasions when there's been a lot of complaining and I've taken the opposite approach where I've been thankful and been the person I'm supposed to be, then I've noticed it shuts down that complaining and everybody kind of sort of gets that vibe. Lifts people up. So we're lifting people up. So uh, the Reader's Digest, which is like the abbreviated uh, short magazine version of it all, what we used to call in the Marine Corps the bottom line up front, is we're talking about working, work-life balance, a biblical perspective, the good that we can do, the blessings uh, of our faith, and being the people Jesus wants us to be. And so if you stay with us on this beautiful Labor Day weekend, we're going to come back and we're going to dig into it a little bit, what Scripture says, uh, what about the Sabbath, how do we factor that in, how do we balance it all and come up shining light the way we're supposed to. Stay with us, friends. God's Word says that He loves a cheerful giver. You've probably heard that part of Scripture often quoted when it comes to tithing. Friends, we'd like you to consider your cheerful giving to God through Courageous Christianity. With your tax-deductible donation, you will be helping us achieve our mission to equip Christian men for the spiritual battlefield in order to glorify God and create godly change. No amount is too small. You can make a donation by texting any amount to 281 800 4940. That's 281-800-4940. Or visit CourageousChristianity.today. And for a donation of $25 or more, we will send you a signed copy of host Richard Mindelow's book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity, a devotional that will equip you in your walk as a courageous Christian. If texting isn't a fit for you, you can also donate and find more information about the Courageous Christianity ministry, links to all the aired shows, a blog for Christian warriors, and an opportunity to submit prayer requests at CourageousChristianity.today. Please donate and be a part of sustaining our efforts in serving our Heavenly Father by serving His warriors on the spiritual battlefield. Please text to donate at 281-800-4940 or visit CourageousChristianity.today. God bless you. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and it's Labor Day weekend, and that exciting music brought to us by Corey, uh, really upbeat. We're talking about work, uh, the biblical perspective of work, work work-life balance, and so forth. And I began the show by saying how much uh, reverence I have for the American worker. Um, I really do, and I know it's not cool necessarily to say that you hold the American worker in high regard. But uh, if you think about what goes on in this nation on a daily basis, uh, just through my eyes, I wake up in hotel rooms in various places, and there's people in the halls working, cleaning, and downstairs. And then you drive in a car, and there's men and women working on the sides of the road, making uh, roads and setting concrete. And 
there is just so much uh, that's going on around us that is good. It's easy to focus on the bad. It's easy to tune into your phone and think that uh, we're completely messed up. But the heart of the American is that we work hard. We're a nation under God. We have the opportunity to lift up people around us uh, in this country as well as in the entire world. And all of that comes to rest on the American worker. And sometimes Washington, D.C. can make it seem like we exist for them. But the truth of the matter is they exist for us. And so a little bit about uh, the biblical perspective on work. How's that sound? Yeah, it sounds great. My, what comes to mind is, um, you know, I don't know. There's a small percentage of people who've actually read the entire Bible, right? Uh, and I wonder if they even know that the word speaks to work. Amen. Um, let's look at some of those uh, scriptures right now. The very first instance uh, talking about work is, number one, men were created to work. And it says so in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it, and take care of it. So we're meant to work. And be very careful of anyone who's telling you that you can have something for nothing, that you can have something without working hard. Yeah, and that I would think also at the same time, be careful of people telling you that work is bad. Right. Which you would think that would be a little bit weird, but some people do. I mean, we were talking about before the have to versus get to, and we kind of look at it as something bad, whereas it's, it's a, again, going back to what we said, it is a gift from God. Amen. If God says you should work, you should work. And uh, the people that I would be really careful of are the ones who say you're entitled to something. Well, entitlement, that's a big subject. And that's a big deal, right? right. Because entitlement is about self, and the Bible is like the opposite of self, what it says is it's not about you, it's about the good that you can do. Jesus even forgives the stuff about you that's not so great. Why? Because the stuff that you can do for others is so great. Well, one of the things that came to mind when you were painting the picture of the people doing, um, you know, the, the housekeeping folks at the hotel and the gentlemen um, walking around with the rubbish bin at the airport is. If you really think about it, that is really love, loving thy neighbor. When exactly. when that when everyone is doing their quote unquote job, not a job, but a job that been God given that gift, then we're serving others, and it's just really a beautiful thing. If people didn't do their jobs, we would be stuck. Yeah. Um... That is uh, such a good point, and I've told this story before, but after one of my deployments to Afghanistan, I came back, and I was kind of in a bad place, and I wasn't even in a prayerful place, but God still spoke to me, and he said, concern yourself with the needs of others, and your needs will be met. Amen. And it's so true, and even today, if you're having a bad day, um, find something just to do for somebody else. Yeah. And it... It fills your heart. It it fills your heart, and it, you know, the Bible says one should not think more highly of oneself than one ought. Uh, I think those are close to the exact right words, and it's kind of hard to say because I ought not think 
too much more of myself. You sound like the King James version of the Bible. (laughs) Yeah, but think about that. Just pick some uh, thing uh, to serve people on. You know, I think about what we're doing here today. We couldn't do this without Corey, a producer. It makes it all work. It makes it all flow. And we couldn't do the show without you as the host. You could probably. Well, you'd have to change the title at least. (laughs) It wouldn't be Courageous Christianity with Richard Mendelow. It would be so Maybe be it would be the artist formerly known as Richard Mendelow. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> okay. So Corey's number laughing. two, we're looking at more scripture about work. And work is a gift from God. And if God gives you a gift, you can rest assured that you need it. In the same way that we give the things of this world value by our work, whether it's a good meal or an enjoyable drink, our faith has more value when it takes work. So we must not step away from the work of coming to know God and his son Jesus through the Holy Spirit. And Matthew chapter 7 verses 9 through 11 talk about the fact that if God gives you a gift, it's important. It's, uh, that's, those verses say, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? And so God gives you good gifts. If he's giving you something, you should know that you need it. And it's kind of like if somebody offers you a breath mint, you should take it. (laughs) Are you offering me a breath mint? No, that's one of the rules on the flight deck. If somebody offers you some gum. And so if God's giving you a gift, you need it. And in this case, it says work is such a gift, in which case you put your head down, you do it, and then um, his kingdom, you do everything as if unto the Lord. It all starts to come together. We're just uh, doing our roles, and we can leave it to him to assemble the pieces. But if you're only giving 50% or 40% or thinking that this work is beneath you or that that work is too hard for you, well, then... He can't just throw you into the fight and count on the fact that you're going to do your part. I think it comes back to trust and surrender. And um, right now, my mind is filled so much with uh, the Old Testament because we're doing a ministry class and reading the Old Testament again. And in Leviticus, there's so many specific details that the Lord gives us um, ultimately to to show our honor to him. And the thing that keeps coming to my mind is the Lord is so, so incredibly detailed, more than you could ever imagine. Um, if he is that detailed, and then to take it to the New Testament, uh, that he knows even the numbers of hairs on our head, he, he knows the work that we're to be doing. And so we can trust that. We could trust it then at creation. We could trust it now. And so I think it really comes to trusting him as he's leading you in the work that you are called to do, which I guess that begs a question. What work are you called to do? Right. And that's a separate show. Right. We did dig into all of that when we were talking about um, coaching in that whole series on identifying your values and your strengths and passions. And that's available to you at the CourageousChristianity.today website or kkht.com under programs and podcasts or on your favorite podcast app if you just Google Courageous Christianity with Richard Mendelow, provided I've still got the job. Then <laughs> we uh, talked a lot about that in boot camp as well, and we're getting some of those videos out there on our website as well. And 
uh, we talked about values and passions and and so forth. And yeah, because that's an actually a, an interesting, somewhat tangential point is that work might seem hard or harder if you're not doing what you meant to you're meant to be doing. Right. And then uh, still you would do that as if unto the Lord, and then he knows you're ready for more responsibility because if you can be trusted with a little, you can be trusted with a lot. And so then he moves you to the place where you're, uh, he has envisioned you to be and you're created to be, yeah. and now you're giving 110%. But you might even be working harder hours, but you're where you're meant to be. Yeah. And we talked in boot camp, if you remember, about the monster truck that was trying to drive on the freeway and the Ferrari that was trying to drive off-road. Oh, yes, that's right. <laughs> and there was a bit of a mismatch, but if you put that Ferrari on the road and you put that monster truck in the dirt, then all of a sudden they're doing what they were built to do by the creator uh, who made them fearfully and wonderfully and programmed them to do these jobs. And that's what happens to us when we are where God has placed us, and we do everything as if unto the Lord. We're on the right road. Amen. So uh, number three in our little work countdown says, don't be idle. I was reading Tozer on the dangers of a shallow faith, and you know Tozer doesn't pull any punches. And he quoted Isaac Watts, who said in his children's book, Against Idleness and Mischief, he said, In works of labor or of skill, I would be busy too, for Satan finds some mischief still for idle hands to do. Yeah. And Christy and I have been watching The Chosen. We love that show. We're kind of late to the game. Everybody else knows how great (laughs) it was, but we did not. And now we're there. And in this one scene, Jesus returns to the camp totally exhausted from healing people. And the apostles are all around the camp. And here comes the Son of God, who all day in the heat has been healing people and praying with them and placing hands on them. And he can barely stand there while his mother washes his feet and lets him lay down. And so, friends, he was so focused on his father's business, even unto exhaustion. And I think that's a model for us. And... We're going to talk at the same time when we come back about work-life balance. Mm. So you want, to get, for that. <laughs> uh, you want to be a part of it, and you can volunteer in church, you can go for a walk, you can help somebody, but idleness is not our friend. Stay with us, friends. We'll be right back. They fought for our freedom and made sacrifices most of us can't imagine, and now our veterans need our help. Hi, friends. I'm Christy Mindelo, Richard's wingman here on Courageous Christianity. You've possibly heard us talking about Freedom Alliance on the show. It's an organization near and dear to our hearts. Freedom Alliance is healing the wounds of war, including the devastating emotional injuries that cause veterans to reject God's love. Freedom Alliance is saving lives and military marriages. They rehabilitate wounded heroes, donate customized wheelchairs to amputees, and provide college scholarships to the sons and daughters of military heroes. I hope you'll join us in supporting our combat veterans by donating to Freedom Alliance today. I urge you to visit freedomalliance.org to learn more about their mission. We at Courageous Christianity know the team at Freedom Alliance, and we've seen them do the Lord's work. They are committed to helping ordinary Americans who've done extraordinary things. Please go to freedomalliance.org 
to make a contribution that will change a hero's life. Friends, since we launched this show, Christy Mendelow has been my wingman on Courageous Christianity. To our message of courageous faith, she adds her invaluable perspective as a transformational coach. She is the walking embodiment of courage and compassion, and she brings this to bear on those going through divorce in her own show, The Divorce Coaching Hour, which airs Saturdays from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 KKHT, The Word. For those who are struggling in their marriages, she brings hope with guests who speak to the myriad counseling options available. For those who are going through divorce, she offers invaluable technical assistance. And for those who are coming out of divorce, she delivers a unique perspective on the opportunity for growth and change. If you are, or a friend or family member is, struggling in a marriage, contemplating or going through divorce, you need a wingman. You'll want to tune in each Saturday to hear from Christy and her guests. One thing is for sure, as I have learned over all the shows on Courageous Christianity and personally, you can count on Christy for truth, for a faith-based perspective, for compassion, and for insightful guidance. Tune in each Saturday. She'll be there for you as well. Don't miss the Divorce Coaching Hour every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we're talking about work. On Labor Day weekend, celebrating the American worker and all workers who do everything as if unto the Lord in the amazing opportunity we have that God gives us toil for our joy and for our service. And when we engage in that with Christ in mind, it is a real coming together and a place of amazing opportunity. I learned about mindfulness when I was going through something really hard in my life. And I remember um, my roommate was killed in a jet crash. Uh, We were both pilots. We were flying attack jets uh, in Cherry Point, North Carolina. And one sunny afternoon, he uh, was killed in a crash. And uh, the next day, I had to go to Camp Lejeune, the big Marine Corps base, where there was the Morgan. I had to identify his body. Mm. And in this Navy van, sitting in the back of this Navy van on the way down there, I was so dreading where I was and what was going on. And I remember staring out the windshield and seeing things with such granularity. Mm. And I was just wanting the seconds to last for hours because I didn't want to go where I was going. And I stared out the window at the flowers on the center line uh, in the center divider of this freeway. And everything was just popping with such color and so vivid and so granular. And it was my first experience with mindfulness. Uh, And my point in bringing up mindfulness is whether we're sweeping the driveway or now we have blowers, but doing dishes, doing certain elements of our jobs that are not as exciting as we'd like them to be. We can be mindful, slowing ourselves down, investing ourselves in the seconds so as to glorify God as one of his servants, doing whatever it is that we're doing, whether it's sweeping or dishes or laundry or... uh, maybe a doctor treating patients in a busy clinic. Uh, It doesn't have to be glamorous, but that mindfulness and fully investing ourselves 
knowing that we are his, I think is quite powerful. What comes to mind is doing everything as if unto the Lord. And I think we've probably already said that, but in mindfulness, it's really about pausing and becoming aware of our present moment and the thoughts that are running on the highway in our head and uh, choosing those thoughts, believe it or not, we can. And so if you really get to that place where you stop, you know, you pause, stop, um, almost in a way, look at your thoughts and say, okay, um, are, are these glorifying Christ in this moment? Then we can, uh, in that pause, in that moment, in that question, we can say, okay, I need to choose different thoughts. And then that is mindfulness. Yeah, because thoughts become feelings and feelings become actions. Um, every job has elements that are drudgery. Yeah, well, I think we live in the world of what we see, what we think we see on the media. And, and you know, often people think that these particular jobs are glorious and glamorous and wonderful. And and we, we well, we in a way covet what other people have and we don't. Yeah realize that what we have is really, again, um, a gift, but an opportunity in that moment to glorify Christ with our thoughts about Amen. what he's given us. Yeah, like we think of a celebrity. Yeah. Let's say, oh, this person's famous. What we don't see is them spending hours and hours in front of a mirror practicing expressions or lines or something. So every job has elements of drudgery, but if we can invest ourselves in the fact that we are a Christian and that whatever we do, remember it was Pastor Aaron Thomas who said he's a Christian father and a Christian husband right. and a Christian worker. And I think that's great. A uh, bit of a detour. So uh, going through our little list of important topics, we're to number four now. The first one was that man is meant to work, and that obviously means men and women are meant to work, and that's from Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. Number two was work is a gift from God, and if God says he's giving you a gift, you better grab it with both hands because it's important. And then we said don't be idle because idle hands do the devil's work. You're entitled to nothing. You are entitled to what you work for. And more importantly is what you can do for others. And now to number four kind of might seem like it's at odds with all the other stuff, but be careful of busyness. Yeah, well, God knows us. You know, he, he gives us the gift of work, but he also knows our human and sinful nature that we can uh, um, do too much or right. a, of, of a thing. Turn anything into a, a demigod. Right. Well, yeah, absolutely. Right. So, uh, again, reading Tozer, he said, uh, on the, he said, idleness is a ditch on the other side of the road, but over on the other side is another ditch called busyness. And so we can't get too busy to pray or to spend time in the Bible. We can't be too much in our phone or in activities. And we must, in fact, make time for spiritual silence uh, and then be watchful for opportunities to just slow down, smell the roses. And so we were talking on the way to uh, the station today about the Sabbath as an example. Yeah, and uh, as you were talking here, I was thinking about Americana Labor Day and, 
you know, oftentimes we so-called chase the dollar and we think that that's more important and we have to get up and we have to get to the office and we have to do this thing because we have to bring home the bacon and, and, and we forget to take that Sabbath or, or we don't prioritize. We prioritize the dollar over the Sabbath or we prioritize um, the doing of the thing uh, over the Sabbath or reading our Bible or that quiet time. You lost me a little bit when you said bring home the bacon because I got really <laughs> fearful that you would no longer be bringing home the bacon because even though I'm not Jewish, speaking literally. Okay, because since I accepted Jesus, I do love bacon. And I think God made bacon so good to actually get Jews to accept Jesus. <laughs> it's but pretty good. We I, haven't had bacon in a while. Maybe I don't we want should. To blaspheme. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I got a little bit scared when you mentioned that. Uh, no, bacon no bacon equals, was harmed in the in the the show itself. Bacon equals money. This is I see. Yeah, an okay. analogy. Yeah, we can we can chase it, and we can get out of sorts. I have to be honest. Um, the last two, number three, don't be idle. Number four, stay busy. Uh, I would have to say my thirties and forties were about trying to understand work life balance. And I have a lot of uh, friends who are in their 30s and uh, 40s, and they've got kids, and they're first responders, and they're state troopers, and these are warriors out there on the front lines, and they still are fathers and husbands. And uh, friends, I think that is such a difficult balance, and I really think it takes honest, open communications between uh, the father and the mother about their goals for their family and about what the Bible says and about how Jesus says uh, that first comes faith and then um, the second thing is family. Just looking back at Genesis, immediately after man was given work, then uh, he was given woman and marriage. And so this is such a hard balance, and that's probably the heart of uh, coaching for you, isn't it? In many ways, yeah, in many ways. The the thing um, I work with people uh, in, in this area around is uh, not letting life live them, them living life, right? Not letting time manage them, them managing time. And we're just not taught these things. And so in a way, it becomes a habit to live in the paradigm of busyness and uh, got to do what other people want us to do because if I don't do it how they want me to do it, then I'm no good. Whereas we have to make that shift to learning how to say no to that which is of not, not of God uh, and um, to the world and starting with our quiet time or our Bible or whatever that may be, putting that as a priority and going back to what you said, we have to have those honest conversations, and that's where we need um, good Christian brothers and sisters around us to be that that mirror to say, "Hey, you know, it, 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 are you looking at this right? Are you celebrating the Sabbath? Uh, do you have time for church? Are you spending time in prayer? Um, so much. I'm thinking about uh, that beginning in marriage, that, that mutual assessment of what the values of the family are going to be. And Ephesians chapter 5 tells us, husbands, love your wives. Wives, respect your husbands. 
and it's in a Christ-centered marriage where these balances are struck and so important. You got Proverbs 31 uh, telling women uh, what a good wife and a good mother and a good woman looks like and so much guidance uh, to men. Uh, For example, in Ephesians chapter 5, almost a whole paragraph telling men how they need to be. And so in this difficult world, the Bible is not meant to make it more difficult. Scripture is not meant to be a bar that we can't reach. These things are given to us by a loving God who knows how hard it all is and how hard it's going to be and wants us to be able to strike this balance. And so in the balance between don't be idle and don't be busy, we find uh, the right prioritization of things. And so, uh, friends, stay with us as we come back in the fourth segment to wrap everything up, celebrating the American worker, understanding how difficult it is, understanding what Scripture says about work, and being transcendent and victorious in this life. Stay with us. Thou wilt find solace Recently, Ryan Reed was a guest on Courageous Christianity, and we want you to know more about his jiu-jitsu gym. Gracie Jiu-Jitsu is a place where you'll find good people and great jiu-jitsu. Whether you are training to learn self-defense, to get in shape, looking for a new hobby, or want to compete, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu in Huntsville, Texas has something for you. Log on to GracieUmaitaHuntsville.com to learn more and to get your two-week free trial. Log on to GracieUmaitaHuntsville.com today. Did you know that about 25 million Christians don't vote consistently? That's about one in three Christians, and that's a staggering and unfortunate amount. Many Christians stay home on Election Day because they think their vote won't really make a difference. But what if 90 million Christians stood united for Christ? We could have a real influence on our nation. God's Word clearly calls us to bring the influence of our faith into every aspect of our lives. We here at Courageous Christianity, along with My Faith Votes, want to see Christians boldly standing united for Christ. My Faith Votes is a nonpartisan organization that mobilizes and equips believers to pray unceasingly, think biblically, and vote in every election. Even though the recent elections have passed, now is the time to join with us and My Faith Votes to pray, think, and vote in all future elections. Go to MyFaithVotes.org to learn more about voting your faith and to stand united for Christ. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity. I almost forgot what you were listening to there. You're listening to Courageous Christianity. It's Labor Day weekend. We are talking about work, the American worker, and uh, biblical perspective on work, and how work-life balance is uh, is difficult. Um, there are even conversations in there about the Sabbath, uh, the fourth commandment. If God thinks you should rest, then you should rest. And... Um, navigating the Sabbath, just to help keep things in a prioritized order. So number one comes God, number two comes family, number three comes your calling, why you're on this planet. And then lastly is the job. But I think a lot of times it's very easy to make the job first. Yeah, and I think that's important to reiterate because I know I used to live kind of more 
job came absolutely first. And then it was tied to, as we talked about in the last segment, perhaps demigods, um, money and stuff and things and um, all that that goes with it. And, and one thing that you've really led me in is that prioritization. I think life and other circumstances have too, but hearing that God first, family, your calling, then your work, and that actually will set us on the right path. Yeah, and it'll also set you free because there are teams of marketing Amen. and advertising uh, people who, with the help of psychologists and psychiatrists, are figuring out what your buttons are. And they're going to push <laughs> yes, your buttons are. as best they can. And now you're going to get the G.I. Joe with the Kung Fu grip thinking that that's what the kids <laughs> really want. But a story I told a long time ago was when I wanted to buy this expensive electric Harley Davidson a motorcycle for my son for Christmas. He was about two, and it was more expensive than I should have spent. And I did it anyway. And after he uh, got on that thing for the first time, he rode it under the dining room table, and he pinched his hand so badly he never, ever wanted to get on it again. And instead, he spent the afternoon, he and I did, playing in this big box that the (laughs) Harley-Davidson motorcycle came in. Of course. And Toys R Us, I'm sorry, but we returned the motorcycle and kept the box. (laughs) And so what we think our kids want and what they actually want and all of those things, part of the programming that we've received throughout our lives, so that work-life balance and what does God really want for us. But if you don't mind, I'd like to change gears a little bit because... We've talked about working in the world, and we've talked about uh, shining God's light into the world with our work and our attitude toward our work and our perception of work. But I want to shift gears, if you don't mind, a little bit and talk about the work of faith. And the reason why this is on my heart to talk about is because in the last couple days, I've had conversations with people in which I came to the conclusion that they just don't want to do the work of getting to know God. Uh, Different conversations. In one, the person wanted a priest to tell them what the answer was. And everything we talked about came back to, uh, well, a priest said this, or my priest said this, or my priest had a conversation and I overheard or I listened to. And... In my mind, what was absent there was the person reading the Bible and asking the Holy Spirit to speak into that scripture so that they could themselves have a personal relationship with Jesus. As we know, when he gave up his last breath, the shroud tore that covered the inner sanctum, the Holy of Holies, and that is uh, symbolic of us entering a one-on-one relationship with God who created us to have that relationship with him. Uh, in another of these conversations, uh, the individual was talking to me about all the the commentaries by rabbis, and this rabbi made this uh, observation and so forth. And I ke- kept asking, have you read the Bible? Right. And the answer was, uh, continue to be this rabbi said this and that. And so what I want to talk about is the hard work of faith. I feel sad for those people. They express confusion about some things, uh, hopelessness about some things, and they didn't realize that they weren't putting the work into reading the Bible, to praying to Jesus, to getting to know him a little better, and uh, worshiping him in the gift of that salvation that he gives so freely, and how that would dispel a lot of the confusion and the hopelessness. Well, it sounds like to me a lot of that was around opinions and we as our 
sinful human selves really like our opinions. Yeah, we And do. then to go dispel them with facts, i.e. what the Bible actually says, can be not necessarily something we readily want to do. A, we don't want to do the work, and B, once we do the work, now we're in a place of accountability. We don't want the truth. I can't claim ignorance now. Right. And so what occurs to me is that until we do the work, we won't have those feelings of peace and hope and joy. And so what do I mean by work? The Bible says, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and the door will be open to you. For he who asks receives, he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, the door is opened. God will be found by us if we seek him with all our hearts. And in another place he says, I will give them the desires of their hearts. And so ask, seek, knock, these are verbs, and verbs involve doing, and doing is work. And so... Um, you can't expect to have something unless you do the work. Faith yeah. is the same. I, I Am get I being it. Too hard. No, I think you're being real. Um, but I think a lot of people uh, don't look at the reality of their situation. Um, they'd rather stay um, in their comfort zone. Yeah, if you want to stay in a place where you haven't read it, so you're you haven't put any thought into it, you haven't reflected, you haven't prayed about it, and then you're hoping to not be accountable to it. Chrissy asks me often about the need behind the need, right? right? Uh, what are you getting from doing this particular behavior? Well, people do things and they're getting something from it or they wouldn't do it. So what are you getting out of this? Well, and I think we, to be fair to everyone too, it's, it's a, it's a journey, right? And so uh, someone who might be listening to this right now might be thinking, well, um, I, maybe I do have this out of order, but uh, I'm, I'm going through a lot in my life right now and I'm trying to figure it out. Right. And so you asked if this was fair. And I, th- I think the main thing is to hold up the mirror, uh, look at your life when we're hearing this. And are we taking the right steps that can ultimately glorify Christ? And if we're not, then it's time to uh, change. And maybe it's not going to be a change today. Maybe it's going to be a change tomorrow. I like that. And something you say often, which is very true. Ask yourself if you have the fruits of the Spirit in your life. That's so telling. <laughs> Galatians chapter 5 talks about the fruits of the Spirit. And uh, we've often said the proof is in the pudding. So is there peace? Is there joy? Right. Is there gentleness? Is there kindness? Is there long-suffering? Uh, these are all fruits of the Spirit. And if you're not feeling these things then something somewhere is out of balance. And you can address that, get really honest, sit quietly, ask God for help to identify it, and then maybe you'll find this this little burr under the saddle or this little splinter, this little thorn, and you'll say, wow, you know what? I have been out of alignment. And it, holidays like this can be a great opportunity to reset and reboot. Absolutely. So, friends, I just want to say this before we move into our close. If you need help with work or with finding work, reach out to us at CourageousChristianity.today where you can submit prayer requests and we can be praying for you. Yeah, we'd love to. uh, 
that you find what you need. We, we serve a loving God. And that's the truth, and that brings us to our moment of truth. As you know, in every show, we look at a scripture which informs a discussion. And today, our moment of truth comes from Colossians chapter 3, verses 23 and 24. And we've uh, alluded to it a couple times. It says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. What I would say, and please don't get me wrong, these are hard times. We are taxed more, our money doesn't go as far, and we live in a world which makes us think that stuff is what's important. To that I say that God sees your hard work. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 says, Let's not get tired of doing good, because in time we'll have a harvest if we don't give up. And so as we celebrate work, let's rededicate ourselves to the work of our faith, first in our relationship with Jesus and then in our service to those around us as we clean, as we build, repair, teach, counsel, protect, care for, fight for, encourage, grow, and feed in the labor of our hearts which God has given us to do and which we do as if serving God himself. And that's courageous Christianity. Amen. So any last thoughts? I'm just thinking, I'm always thinking of the practicality of this. And so if you're hearing this today, then maybe it's something that God wants for you to hear, right? And it's an opportunity for you to um, just get quiet and check in on where you are with your uh, work. Are you in the have to place? Are you in the get to? Um, And if you're not, what are you willing to do about it? I I love that. That's a great question. Uh, One that I could have asked myself when I was in that little complaining place. Uh, look at what I get to do today. Yeah. Friends, happy Labor Day. Thank you for your hard work and for joining us today. We hope you'll join us each and every week here on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word, in Houston, Texas, at kkht.com if you live stream, or on your favorite podcast app, we're at courageouschristianity.today, where you can listen to previous episodes by podcast. We're honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and semper fi.